up to them unknown and starts to listen to what they're saying and he says, oh, you fools. Remember that? You foolish people. Do you not understand the words that the prophet said? And he then explained to them all the words of the, the scriptures that pertain to him from the beginning to the end. And then, of course, they recognized him only when they did the breaking of the bread at the meal. We have all of these uh, actions going on in our own scriptures, which are really relatively based upon the power of this story of the Exodus. And so what I want to do during our time together is to be able to lead us through the book itself. You have to understand the literary power and structure of the book and its story. If you don't have that, what do you have to deal with, right? So what you need to do is feel that you understand the story completely. But as we do this, we'll also point out all the themes, and then we're going to point out, of course, the ramifications in our, like, last day, we'll just do how the Christian significance of the Exodus works for us. So uh, we'll see how this goes, and I think you'll find it pretty easy. But before we go through the book, we'll do the first uh, part tomorrow, the middle part on uh, Wednesday and the last part on Thursday. And today we'll do an overview. And on Friday we'll do the ramifications for our faith. So the structure and the intention of the book as a whole. You all know how to read a book of the Bible. I hope uh, you take it out, you open your Bible. That's the first thing. <laughs> Very little more can be done if you never open the Bible. And you look at how long this book is. If it's Obadiah, one and a half pages, you know you're going to be reading it differently than you're going to be reading Genesis with 50 chapters or with Exodus with 40 chapters. Well, the fact that it has 40 chapters makes it a significant book. You want to ask yourself, how does it begin? Where does it end? You'll notice that it begins in the middle of Genesis, in effect, because it says that all the names of the sons of Israel were the 12 tribes and they're all their children and grandchildren in the very first paragraph. And that altogether, this numbered 70 persons who came down and dwelt in the land of Goshen. And this uh, 70, of course, will be very significant because 70 is the number of perfection. How many times should I forgive my enemies, says uh, Peter? Seven times. And Jesus says, not just seven times, which would be symbolically a lot, but 70 times seven. So uh, always, always you forgive. And so 70 is a number of completion and perfection. Uh, God said to Abraham in Genesis 12, in the very first encounter between God and a historical person in our uh, story of Israel, Abraham I will bless you, and I will make you a great people, and I will have all nations blessed through you, and those who bless you will be blessed, and those who curse you will be cursed, and all nations will take their blessing in you. Let's read chapter 1, paragraph 1. What has happened? They're living in the land of Egypt, the richest, most powerful nation on earth. Their son is the prime minister of the country. They have the best farmland, the uh, delta region of the Goshen, and they have multiplied like rabbits to be 70 strong, right? What factor in the promised Abraham is not complete? Nothing. It's all complete. 
From the point of view of Genesis 12, 1 to 3, God has completed the entire work of Scripture by the end of the book of Genesis. But it's also a lesson to us because it is the very fact that sometimes we think that the real meaning of what God is talking about is material prosperity. And that's what they've got. They are powerful. They are the Pharaoh's favorite. The Pharaoh's land has been blessed by them from the famine and from its terrible things through Joseph's wisdom. And these people have flourished. Is that God's plan for human beings? The book of Exodus is about to tell us it certainly is not. You can see this coming, can't you? Because the very next lines that you find in verse 8, right after that first uh, section, then a new king, the one we just read as our morning prayer, who knew not Joseph, comes on the scene and says, let us make slaves out of these people.